I just want to say as we get started, I really love you guys. Like, I really love being here, hearing you talk, seeing you minister to one another. So I just want to say I love you guys. I'm thankful for you. Thankful for all you do in this church. If you're new and you've never seen me before, you're like, this is really weird. This is getting heavy fast. Um, This is just who we are as a church. We love each other. We're thankful for each other. We're thankful to have community. Thankful to be here to worship Jesus. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are continuing our series. And since it's called Everyone Has a Part to Play, I want everyone to have a part to play. So let's read this off the screen. Everyone has a part to play. Ready? One, two, three. Everyone has a part to play. Great. Awesome. So this is our series on the spiritual gifts. And this morning we're going to be looking at the spiritual gifts of wisdom. And it wouldn't be a sermon if I didn't have an illustration at the beginning. So I want to ask, raise your hand if you're old enough in the room, and I'm sorry, if you're old enough in the room, anyone here, to remember a time when they had you hide under your desks. Anybody old enough to remember that? Hide under your desks? For like a drill? All right. All right. All right. Hide under your desks. Anybody? All right. Does anybody, is anybody old enough to remember when they had you hide under your desks in case of nuclear war? All right. You remember that? All right. So guys, show this picture. Um, so this was a common part of life for a while. This is from the 50s, I believe. And um, they, would, they would have you hide under your desks in case Russia decided to just end it all. So um, I want to talk to you this morning just real quick about um, a lovely topic, and that's the Cold War. Um, so when I had these, yeah, no, this is a great sermon. When I had, um, <laughs> when I had found this picture, I was just like, that's crazy that that was a part of life. And uh, during the Cold War, which lasted from, you know, depending on who you ask, from the 50s to the end of the 80s, um, there were these two groups that were America and the USSR that people thought were were going to destroy each other and in so doing destroy the world. And uh, think about the 80s. Any 80s people out there? Any Gen X? Chad, you're an 80s guy. All right. So um, during the 80s, this is when the Cold War was waning and about to end, um, people were still worried about the threat of nuclear destruction. And um, if I asked people on the street, like, hey, who do you think is responsible for getting us out of the Cold War? Or who do you think is responsible for avoiding any of the terrible things we thought might happen during the Cold War? Um, people might say names like the Gipper, Ronald Reagan. Anybody? Reagan? Yeah. All right. Um, people might say, oh, it was uh, Mikhail Gorbachev in Russia. Or people might say, <laughs> people, <laughs> people might say any number of political names that were, you know, important people, people who were statesmen, people who had influence over either the United States or the USSR. And um, in reality, there's only one time that we know of that nuclear destruction almost really did happen. And the people that really saved all of Europe from nuclear destruction, they weren't presidents, they weren't leaders, they weren't premiers. Um, They were service workers. They were physicists. And um, they were the people that worked at the Chernobyl power plant in 1986. Many of you know nuclear meltdown in Chernobyl, but what a lot of people don't know is that uh, there was a moment in that where it could have gone really, 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 really bad. 
all of Europe could have been uninhabitable if certain people hadn't stepped in and used their gifts and used their wisdom. And one of those people who I want to show you a picture of, um, his name is Valery Lagazov. And, yeah, right? This, this guy's awesome. And um, he's he's super cool-looking guy. He's got those awesome glasses, which are actually back in style. Um, so, I mean, he came around. Um, so Lagazov was one of the physicists that was in charge of responding to the nuclear meltdown in Chernobyl in Russia in 1986. So he arrived at the scene. He took all the facts available, or the facts that the Russian government would give him, and he figured out how to avoid the certain doom that would have rendered most of Europe uninhabitable to this day. You see, Legazov, I mean, all the people that were there, they knew what they wanted to do. They did not want this reactor to blow up, okay? They had their vision. They had their idea of, like, this is the goal we want to get to. But only Legazov came and said, okay, here's how we accomplish that. Here's the how to get to that goal. And he did it through his heroism and through um, many plant workers who, who perished, sacrificing their lives for others. Um, that destruction was avoided. And so this morning, we're going to talk about, you can take Valeri off. It'll creep me out if he stays up there all the sermon. Um, this morning, we're going to look at how God gives us the gifts of the how. How do we see culture change? And how do we see the kingdom advance? It's a lot of through these gifts, the gifts of wisdom, the gifts such as a word of wisdom, administration, and discernment. We're going to talk about those three specifically. They're not flashy gifts. We've talked about the gifts of healing, of prophecy. These are, these are pretty dramatic gifts. And it's easy to put these other gifts in a corner and say, um, those are the office gifts. These are the sales gifts. They are really cool. They're the sales office. This is, the, this is just the secretary gifts. But that's not the case. Here's why. I'm using my paper when I have an iPad right here. Why would I do that? That's weird. All right. Here's why. See, we look at spiritual gifts the same way I think a lot of us as kids looked at Christmas gifts. And we think that, um, you know, prophecy and healing, man, those are the bike under the tree. Do you ever have, you ever come in and your parents already had the gift just kind of sitting there because it was too big to wrap? And you're just like, oh, man, that's the money gift. That's the one that I wanted. That's the one that I'm really excited about. And then in these tiny boxes that you open last, there's like socks. Yeah. Does anyone get excited for socks at Christmas? Okay. We got a few. All right. God does not give his kids socks. <laughs> Denny, Denny's just, it's a metaphor, Denny. Don't push it too far. Um, God, none of the gifts that God gives are like, like we would open up socks and be disappointed. They're all valuable. They're all needed. <laughs> Denny's disappointed. No gift that God gives to his children is second class. They're all equally needed in one healthy body. Scripture talks about this. There's a lot of parts of our body we don't really care about. They're not very exciting. If we didn't have them, we'd notice real quick. So we're going to talk about how these gifts make up the spine of the church, the how of discipleship and ministry inside the church body and outside on mission to reach the lost. All right, you ready to go? Let's do it. All right, so let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and I'm going to have Melanie come on up. Melanie Fenderson is going to read our text this morning. Give it up for Melanie. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and I'm going to have Melanie read. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by, one, by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. All right, let's pray. God, won't you pour out your gifts on your children? God, may people in this room who have thought their gifts are not worth anything be reminded that they are worth everything to you. And may we as a church um, just grow in gifts of wisdom. God, I pray that today would be a marked moment for many people where their gifts were valued and were called out and they would exercise their gifts even in this service time and in the response time this morning. Amen. All right. So our big idea this morning is this. If you're taking notes, this is your, your bold thing. The spiritual gifts of wisdom are necessary spiritual gifts that transform the culture and kingdom impact of the church. Transform both the culture and the kingdom impact of the church. So it takes a gift from the Spirit to say, hey, I want the culture of Fellowship Jonesboro to be a culture where we worship expectantly, where we live on mission, evangelizing our city. I want to see greater kingdom impact outside these walls or in my classroom or in my workplace or at my dinner table. It takes a gift of the Spirit to have that vision. It's another gift entirely to know how to make that happen. What are the steps? What does it mean practically? To use another example, if I want to have a thriving marriage, it's not enough just to be like, I have a vision of what a thriving marriage is. It's awesome. and It's great. I have no idea how to get there, but I have this vision. You see, there's, and that's why the beauty is that when we live in isolation, we might miss some of this because not everybody has every gift. But when we're the church together, we can lean on one another like the body does. It's a beautiful picture. So if I want to have a thriving marriage, I have to know, I have to have wisdom in the specific situation that my marriage might need wisdom, that needs care or thoughtfulness. So these gifts we're talking about, they're needed in those moments where we need a pronounced outpouring of God's wisdom to his body. And why? What did Chad say? These gifts are for the church to be built up, to move forward in the how. You hear how a lot of discipleship and ministry. Because we can have the why, we can have the who, we can have the what, the where, but if we don't have the how, we're going to be, this just came to my mind, we're going to be like the, scare, the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz, being like singing if I only had a brain. Like we're not, we're not going to kind of know where we're going, but we're going to be really excited about it. Um, so we're going to look at these, uh, three of these gifts, and we're going to have some application this morning and some response. So three in particular, the word of wisdom, the gift of administration, and the gift of discernment. So number one. You're taking notes, the word of wisdom. This comes from our text, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. It says, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom. 
And a word of wisdom is this. It's a specific word of direction from the Lord through God's word or his spirit for a specific season, decision, or problem. Once again, the how of the situation, the practical. And before we get too far, I want to kind of explain the difference between what's mentioned right after this, a word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom. So this, this word of wisdom differs from the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is truth about something or someone given by the Spirit for the building up of that person. And um, I'm going to have two people come up and share, because I felt like this was better than me coming up with kind of textbook examples, but to actually hear, everyone has a part to play, name of our series, to actually hear from people. So Lee Shepard is going to come up, and he's going to share a brief, I told both of them brief, um, he shared this story with me at lunch this week, and it was really impactful about how the word of knowledge liberates people. Because oftentimes we view the word of knowledge as something scary and something that's going to condemn people, but it's, it's, it's there to liberate people. So I'm going to have Lee share. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so uh, when we were in Turkey, we worked with a, a guy there. We had a really good friend, and his ministry was to the guys in the pubs. And they were all kind of rough and ready. Uh, and, but they, they loved him, and they would really do anything for him. But every now and then, somebody would, would come in kind of looking to pick a fight or, you know, was upset that there was a, there was a foreigner in their, in their place, right? And so um, he, he shared this story uh, of a guy that came in, big, burly, scary kind of a guy, um, came in and he, he started, you know, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Get out of here and really just put it on this big show. Um, and my friend said, in that moment, God showed me what this man went through at night. And the things that he would see and the voices that he would hear. And he said, I, I just opened up and he said, I know that you're afraid. I've, I've seen God showed me the things that you go through at night. And he wants you to be free from it. And the guy opened up his shirt and showed him where he was cutting himself, trying to get free from these things that were tormenting him at night. And that God just revealed that there was a, a chance for, for freedom. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Lee. Um, that's just a beautiful picture of how God uses the gift of the word of knowledge to liberate people by being known and being loved. And it's a beautiful picture. So that's the word of knowledge. It's an example. Um, I'm going to have Aaron come up, my wife, um, and share an example of a word of wisdom in her life. So this is the word of wisdom. Yeah, so a uh, difference would be... Uh in 2020, I had just had our daughter, Melody. Um, obviously, something else kind of big was going on in 2020. <laughs> Giant pandemic. Uh, it was very isolating for me having just had a baby and being isolated um, from, you know, people. And so I started to have some anxiety and um, just felt really crippled by not knowing what to do, not knowing how to um, help with that. So I called my mom and I told her. So the difference, like, I... I had to tell her what was going on. I said, I don't know what to do. I feel like I have this whole big problem that I have to just solve and figure out how to manage this anxiety. And she immediately, I mean, she definitely has a gift of wisdom. And she immediately was like, okay, 
you like you have got to see your friends like you you have got to you know get out and at in this isolation and see your friends like you have to meet with somebody regularly to talk about this stuff you have to like be okay with other people with babysitters coming in and watching your kids so you can get out you need to do like these things that that fill you and that and that help you and that you know make you feel like a person again and so she listed several specific things um, and starting to do those and following those steps was what um, helped me put me back on a path to where I could see where I was going Awesome. So, um, yeah, the word of wisdom in that case was very specific, very practical. Um, and I've been in a room where somebody uses the gift of the word of wisdom, and it's just, it's just evident, like, yeah, that's the way we need to go. And um, so to compare, again, words of knowledge liberate people through being known and loved by God. Words of wisdom empower through direction and assurance of God. And uh, another thing I want to mention is that a, a word of wisdom, when you're giving a word of wisdom, it's not boastful and pushy. None of the spiritual gifts are. But I want to turn your attention to James 3, 13 through 18. And um, this is a beautiful picture of God's wisdom, a beautiful picture of what it, what it looks like, what it tastes like when his wisdom is evident. It says this in verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is shown in peace by those who make peace. That's just a beautiful picture of the flavor of wisdom. The flavor of wisdom. That's what it looks like. Wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason. See, a word of wisdom is not about, I'm going to convince you to do what is right. It's not an argument. It's not um, a logic, like a, pointing out logical fallacies. It's, it's from the Lord. It's not from man. So in our culture, there's one word that, that's, that's just everywhere, and it's the word polarization. You're either way over here or you're way over there. And so many of the things that we interface with every day, primarily this, are trying to get us one of those two places either way over to one extreme or way over to the other. Wisdom is the opposite of polarization. We desperately need people with the gift of wisdom because we need peacemakers. You see a link here between wisdom and peace. Those with the gift of wisdom, they aren't often, and they don't have to be the smartest people in the room. It's not about being the smartest person in the, womb, in the, in the room. That's the gift of wisdom. We're going to move on to the gift of administration. Number two, if you're taking notes, administration. Yeah, baby. This one gets me excited. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. I'm about to blow your mind. Uh, th this, this gift gets a bad rap. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Um, verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, Second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. 
So the next gift of wisdom is administration. And this gift is the ability to plan, organize, and lead systems and people so that the mission of the church is realized in tangible form. So administration gets a bad rap. But here's the truth. Like I said, sometimes these gifts, especially administration, can be put in the corner and say, like, oh, that's the, that's the secretary gift or that's, the, that's not the front and center gift. But um, in Scripture, um, the word for administration is often translated as the word for leader. Administrating is in the ESV. Other translations, like in the NIV, have guidance, or the NLT translates leadership. These are people who excel, once again, in the how. They make things happen. To use a Hamilton reference, they aren't just in the room where it happens. They are the room where it happens. We need more of this gift, y'all. We really do. Because God is a God of order and consistency. And here's the thing. That doesn't fly in the face of faith-filled exploits and risks. You have to have both. Administrators look at the call of God on a person or church in a situation and are given the gift of knowing how to get there, the solution, where to go. So here's an illustration to just kind of help you. Uh, I'm going to have the guys put up a picture. And there's a big hint in this picture. If you don't know who this is, there's a really big hint. So uh, if you put up the picture, the first one, yeah. Um, so who's the guy on the left? George Lucas, okay. If you didn't know, Darth Vader should help you figure that out. So um, George Lucas, uh, obviously, is for most of you, uh, know that he is the creator of Star Wars. And he, um, there's a particularly really good series on Disney Plus now called Light and Magic, which is about his um, special effects company, ILM. And um, in that series, it talks about how the beginning of Star Wars, like George Lucas had this vision, and it was all in his head, and he knew exactly what he wanted to see. He knew exactly where he wanted to go. Um, but George couldn't get there on his own. He had it all in his head. Um, there's another person that you probably don't know. If you do, man, you're really nerdy. Um, put his picture up there. This man's name is Dennis Mirren, and he's responsible for a, a lot of what you see on television screens and movies today as far as special effects are concerned. And he was the guy who, who really spearheaded special effects for uh, George Lucas and for ILM. And um, you don't know his name. Uh, he's not somebody who's a household name, but he was the one who took what George had in his head and said, I know how to get there. I know how to take these miniatures and to do things that no one's ever done before and figure out how to make it a reality so that we can see the vision that George Lucas had in Star Wars. All right, you can take Dennis's picture down too because he looks, he looks kind of creepy too. Um, The gift of administration, y'all, is not a second-class gift. I'm going to say that a lot. Uh, none of these gifts are. We need more of this gift here in Fellowship Jonesboro. People who plan, people who organize structure are in the details and the ground level. And uh, when we talk about response, we're going to talk about ways that, that those of you who God has revealed that gift in your life can, can get involved and can serve because we, man, we need that gift. Administrators, people who plan, organize, structure in the details. That's a gift of administration. Third, let's move on to the gift of discernment. This one gets uh, abused a lot. Gift of discernment. 1 Corinthians 12, 10 says, to another the ability to distinguish spirits. So the gift of discernment is the ability to distinguish between a work or word of God 
and one that is from man or from the enemy. So this gift is highly abused in some contexts. I've heard people say, um, oh, so-and-so, I, I just met with them, and I just have a bad feeling about them. I, my gift of discernment goes off whenever they speak, like basically using the gift of discernment as an excuse to gossip. Um, and yes, the gift of discernment is used to warn and to protect, but it's also used to affirm and to encourage, to build up. And, and I tell you what, like it wasn't until I was probably in my late 20s that I heard anybody say in context, something affirming and encouraging in context with the gift of discernment. Um, growing up, I just always heard it as like, oh, that person has discernment. They know when somebody's like not good or, or a heretic or something. And, um, and here's why. I'm going to give you the scripture on this. Um, so because the gifts are to build up the church, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, let all things be done with, for building up. Um, and if somebody has, says they have the gift of discernment and they only discern problems, well, that's a problem. <laughs> See, because we talked about before with the word of knowledge, wisdom from God brings what? Liberation, not condemnation. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the gift of discernment is to be used to say, that's good. That's acceptable. It's perfect. It's the will of God. What's good, acceptable, and perfect? Are you discerning what is good, acceptable, and perfect? That's just as important in this gift as saying, like, hey, I have a, I have a discerning feeling about this. This might not be the right course. Discernment is for the protection and encouragement of the body. Y'all with me? Still with me? All right, great. All right. Let's move on. Move to some application and response. Trying to preach shorter. I know y'all are grateful for that. Um, application and response. So I want to camp out here for a good long time. Uh, yeah, somebody got that. Great. Um, number one, receiving. Oh, okay, great. They put that up. All right. Application and response. So three things. Examine your heart, get out of your seat, and use your gifts. Okay? I'm going to explain what those mean. Examine your heart. Number one, receiving the gift of wisdom requires love for others and faith that God gives gifts to his children for a purpose. He doesn't give lame gifts that you're not excited about or that aren't very purposeful. He gives every gift for a purpose. The much more excellent way as Paul says at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, must be our blueprint as we use this gift that God gives. And the house that we build with these blueprints is the building up and the empowerment of God's church. Okay? The gifts of wisdom we use to build up the church. I'm going to say that a lot. It's what it says in Scripture. So we need to examine our heart. Part of the application and response is examining our heart and saying, God, won't you reveal my heart to me? Where am I on gifts of wisdom? Are there gifts of wisdom that you've given me that I, I'm just neglecting? What's my heart for the church? Do I seek to build up the church, to build up one another? God, give me, give me that heart. Examine your heart. Number two. Encourage those who have given you wisdom and direction. 
Get out of your seat. You fan God's gift into flame when you do this, y'all. So you may not feel very wise. You may be hearing this message and, and, um, and someone comes to mind and you think like, uh, man, they have, they have helped me with their gift of wisdom. They've helped me or they've helped our church. And that same person who may be in this room that you're thinking that of, they may be hearing this same message and thinking, man, I really, I'm really not wise. God's really not given me that gift. I've tried to share things with people, but I've never heard if it was encouraging or good or wise at all. Um, and then maybe that same person in that room and somebody is sitting there thinking like, man, they're, they're using this gift and, and they don't know it. So it requires us to get out of our seats and to share with people, hey, you've, you've done this for me. Like if you have an example of somebody like Erin shared with her mom, that's somebody who's counseled you, the gift of counseling, which goes along with this, like that's shepherded you through something, go and tell that person. If they're in this room, do it today for sure, please. When we have response, that's what it's for. Share with them, encourage them, because that fans God's gift in their life into flame. We need more of this, y'all. We need more people who will get out of their seat and say, hey, I affirm the gifting that God has given you. I affirm what he's doing in your heart. Encourage those who have given you wisdom and direction. And then finally, point number three, use your gifts. Point number three is that Fellowship Jonesboro greatly needs you to exercise your gifting in this area. We need more administrators. We need more people who are on the ground who can plan. You see, uh, we assume, like I said before, that these gifts are not very needed. Um, I can't, you might think, oh, I'm not good at preaching, or I'm not good at singing, or I'm not good at, I don't feel like I have a prophetic gifting, so, I mean, I'm probably not very useful. That's not true. In fact, you're, you're really useful right now in this season that we're in as a church. And here's the thing, like, we talk a lot about revival. And we want to see God bring revival. And revival looks like a lot of things. It looks like people being healed. It looks like people giving prophetic words. It looks like people being pastoral and counseling. It looks like a lot of things, people being saved. But it also looks like good administration. Because if this spiritual gift is just as important as the rest, then that's going to be a part of revival too. So the question is, what would it look like to have a revival of the gifts of wisdom? To see the gifts of wisdom become more pronounced in our church. A revival of administration. Has anyone ever said that? It's funny because we're so out of balance with the way we view we need a revival of administration. We need a revival of wisdom. We need people to, to have the spiritual gifts that God has put inside them fanned into flame and that be um, tangible in how we meet and where we meet and all the, the details. Those are, those are just as important, y'all. So I want you to think about that question. What would it look like to have a revival of the gifts of wisdom? Because we're going to ask for that in a moment. 1 Peter 4, as we start to close, um, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says this. As each has received a gift, 
use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that everything may be, that everything, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So when we're all operating in the gifts that God has given us, he receives glory. He receives honor. What you're doing when you plan something well, when you discern and you say like, hey, I discern that God, that you're using your gifts well and I want to encourage you. It's good, right, and acceptable. You're giving glory to God. You're saying in tangible terms what we sang this morning, you are worthy, worthy, King of kings, Lord of lords, you are worthy. He receives the glory. So we're going to pray for a revival of wisdom. That God would fill us with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, as it says in Colossians. So let's go back to that. Um, oh, you still got it on. Awesome. Examine your heart. Get out of your seat. Use your gifts. So did that specifically to be very simple. Um, Nat, band, y'all can start heading up. Um, we're going to take some time to, to do these three things this morning. Take some time during the worship while the band plays just to quietly examine your heart. Ask God, are there gifts of wisdom that you have for me that I'm, I'm not aware of or I'm not using? And then I encourage you, please, during this response time, get out of your seat. If there's somebody in this room that you can encourage, that you can affirm, get out of your seat. Go to them and do that. If you need to pray for somebody, if you need prayer, get out of your seat. And then thirdly, use your gifts. This, this series is about releasing the gifts of God in this church. We want to see the gifts of wisdom, administration, discernment, all the spiritual gifts released and used in this church in a real way. We want to eagerly desire that with love. And so um, if you have, feel like you have the gift of administration, I'm going to be at the next, next, next steps. That's hard to say. Next steps table after this gathering. And I encourage you, please come up to me. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to talk with you about how you can get plugged in, how we can use that gift in this church. We really need that. Examine your heart. Get out of your seat. Use your gifts. God has a rich wealth for us in these gifts of wisdom. And I believe he wants to activate that this morning. So I want you to pray with me. you